Fantasy Focus Football is presented by Geico. Insurance can be hard. That's why Geico makes it easy with 24-7 claim service and on-the-go policy info in the app. It's easy to Geico. It's Monday, November 27th. It's our Week 12 wrap-up show. Of course, one game left to be played tonight. On ESPN, it's the Bears and the Vikings. Field Yates and Mike Clay... Just the two of us today, Mike. Yeah, you're so far away. I know. You're so far away. This is like our Titanic yeah. scene right here, yeah, right? No, that's, I won't that's let right. go. Uh, Daniel Dot back tomorrow, but the two of us holding it down today, Mike. We have just two more full weeks until the fantasy football playoffs. That's so fast. In some ways, that makes you think like, wow, the season goes by so fast. It's also a reminder we still have quite a bit of football left to mm-hmm. go, unless you're Frank Reich. As this morning, yeah. we got news that the Carolina Panthers have fired their head coach, Frank Reich, 11 games into his tenure, makes him the second shortest tenured coach in NFL history, unless you include coaches like Bill Belichick, who was with the Jets for three days, and coaches who didn't even make it to the start of the regular season. And Frank Reich is now the first coach in, since at least the 1970 merger to be fired during the season in back-to-back years. This is not NFL Live, but let's talk about what this might mean for fantasy, if anything at all. Yeah, well, it's funny because we had this conversation, I believe, yesterday on Fantasy Football Now, which is we were talking about the Steelers with Matt Canada being fired, which is it doesn't matter if the players aren't good enough, specifically at the quarterback position. And now, granted, yesterday the Steelers did make a leap forward. Still uncertain how much of that was Kenny Pickett, how good of a player he is. But same kind of thing applies here. Is Bryce Young the real deal? Right. Is he a guy that's going to catch up to C.J. Stroud and even Anthony Richardson when we saw him earlier this season? Or is he another on a long list of first-round busts? I mean, maybe we'll see some glimpses of a step forward in the next month or so. I think that's what Tepper's trying to find out here. If, you know, you, you change play callers, get right out of there, does he improve? Yeah. We'll see. You know, I'm not I'm not so sure yet, but again, often... You know, I'll, I'll just say I, I want to say this because I want to I want to feel like I'm just calling Bryce Young a bust. When a rookie quarterback has a really good season, usually that's a good sign. It means yeah. they're going to be good. When a rookie quarterback has a bad rookie season, you usually just throw it away. It doesn't really matter. We've right. seen that time and time again. So uh, I think that's what they're thinking here. Is Reich's not the future? Let's take a look at him without Reich and see if uh, he looks a little better. Yeah, pretty amazing. I mean, just amazing just to think that a coach eleven games into a tenure. Urban Meyer got 13 games like Frank Reich couldn't even last as long as Unreal. Urban Meyer yeah. or Nathaniel Hackett have mm-hmm. in recent years. So Frank Reich is gone. I, I don't think there's any fantasy actionable uh, content, at least from my perspective here. There's only one player on the Panthers that you would consider starting. That's Adam Thielen. And even he has come back down to earth over the past month or so. But after a crazy stretch of like 10 or 11 catches every single game, it felt like. Yeah, maybe it'll be. <laughs> I don't know if he's on like. Devonte Adams level, you know, they made the coaching change. We're like, all right, new plan should just be throw it to Adams all the time. Yeah. And they did that. Yeah. So I don't know. Does Thielen get that treatment? That may, you know, know, the targets have fallen off. He was really good earlier yeah, this year. He was. So uh, more on this Panther story again, all over ESPN today. I'm sure NFL live sports under you name, we'll be talking about it. But let's dive into the fantasy stuff, because if you're here, that's what you care about the most. And we had, of course, three games on Thanksgiving, a fourth on Black Friday. Good holiday for you, by the way. Yeah, it was a good holiday. Lots of turkey yeah. and uh, mostly are we going to get into the Eagles? Are we going to talk about the Eagles at some point? Wow, maybe we will, Mike, at some point. But yes, you are sporting your very proud Eagles. Gear. Kelly Green. 10 and Kelly one. Green wins today. 10 and one. Did you see this? Do you know this? That uh, the last four teams to start 10 and one in back to back seasons in that second season have made it. 
to the championship game, whether that's the Super Bowl or the uh, NFL championship. So good right. days well, ahead for I did, your I, Eagles. My preseason pick was Eagles over Dolphins, so Ooh, trending looking the right direction. Good, Eagles looking good. Dolphins hit or miss. We'll, we'll see. see. Yeah. It might depend where the playoff games are. Uh, for of late, not so hit or miss, <laughs> Dak Prescott, who has been on fire, Mike. Another 30-plus point effort for Dak. 331 passing yards, four passing touchdowns. We were having this conversation yesterday uh, during breaks on Fantasy Football Now. Is he the fantasy, like the most valuable player in fantasy football right at this present moment? I'm not saying for the season, but like if you could have one guy in your lineup, there's very few that you would prefer over Dak Prescott. Yeah, very few. I, I don't know if I go that far just because he's a quarterback. You'd Fair. have to yeah. really be at the extreme to uh, be in that conversation. He's and close, I, think, though. I think Josh Allen still has a pretty nice edge over QB2. Everybody. Like, yeah, yeah he's a pretty big edge of quarterback. Um, but you're right. I mean, his last six finishes, first, third, second, first, 15th, and he's third pending Monday Night Football this week, 20 touchdowns during those six games. And you know what's incredible about this is his first month and a half, not Terrible. good at all. Yeah. He had like no top 15 finishes. And it's completely flipped. So uh, credit to that coaching staff for getting him going after a really poor start to the season. Yeah, I had a 10-team league that I had Kirk Cousins as my initial starter. And I grabbed Dak at one point just as a backup quarterback. Yeah, he was on it's like, he, like yeah. my team has gotten dramatically better uh-huh. since that time. He's been unbelievable. And that has not necessarily been because the running game has been dominating as much, Mike. But we are seeing some signs of life from Tony Pollard. Uh, actually, mm-hmm. last note on Dak before we get any further. His schedule going forward, not tough. No, they're at right. home against Seattle they this week. They play Seattle on yeah. Thursday night, mm-hmm. and then like they, they do have a couple of difficult games in terms of quality of opponent. Right, They still play Kansas City at some point. They play your Eagles one more time. Uh, but this is a schedule that for fantasy purposes, I think Dak Prescott can, t- can continue to be, like at worst, a top five quarterback oh, yeah. the rest of the season. Lineup lock for sure. He has been outstanding, and Tony Pollard kind of finding his groove as well. Mike, are you buying or selling that Tony Pollard has become the player we hope for coming into the season? I'm buying. I mean, what did we say about a month ago? He said, would you Was be shocked like- if about a month from now we're we're like, yeah, Tony Pollard scored scored in a bunch of games. He scored like five touchdowns in four games. Yeah. He's, you know, the volume's fine. The production's finally caught up with the volume. And sure enough, we're starting that. We'll see if it continues. But we are starting that over the last two weeks. 16 plus touches, 80 plus yards, and a touchdown in two straight. Has 12 plus carries and five plus targets in both of those games. Will he do it again this week? Well, they're at home against Seattle. The fourth yeah. most fantasy points allowed to running backs this season. So a terrific matchup. Yes, I expect him to keep it going. And I'll probably rank him as a fringe RB top five running back this week. Uh, 22.3 fantasy points for Tony Pollard. Came in a day, by the way, in which Rico Dowdle scored a touchdown on a screen pass as well. And that was early in the game. But Pollard really dominated both the touches and the snaps mm-hmm. before the backups came in. He played nearly 80% of the snaps. And he had 19 touches, his most in the game since week six, Mike. Yeah, so he has been <laughs> very busy for the Cowboys of late. Again, and it's Thursday unreal. They, they just continue to either get blown out or blo- mostly blow teams out. Yeah, it's, they're all one-sided games. You, you just don't see game after game after game decided by 20-plus points. And that's been the trend for them all year. First game of the day was the Packers going to Detroit and beating the bag out of the Lions. They were terrific. And that in yeah. part includes Jordan Love, who had over 26 fantasy points, going to be a top five quarterback for the week, most likely. And he now has 20 plus fantasy points in back-to-back games. Is this something that you think has sustainability? Uh, I don't. And the reason is because he came out, he started the season this way and disappeared yeah. for a long time. In fact, uh, he was right now he's QB five this week. Yep. Uh, he was ninth or lower seven straight weeks. There was even Two, you know, two weeks ago, he had the 20 point game. He was still ninth in scoring right. at quarterback because he had a lot of, you know, that's general. Some weeks that's not going to cut it. Uh, three passing touchdowns this past week is first over two since week two. Yeah. 
So I, I just, I'm not buying it yet. He's been hit or miss with rushing production as well. Okay. Only thing that I'll say here is, I mean, I was hard on Jordan Love coming out of the gates where he had, I think first uh, six of his first 29 completions were passing touchdowns. Mm-hmm. I was, this is a, this is fluky, right? This is going to eventually come back down yeah. to earth. And by the way, it came back down to earth in a dramatic way. What I will say though, is the improvement that I've seen from Jordan Love I agree. is yeah. real. He looks mm-hmm. like he is becoming the version that the Packers thought they had over the past few years when they first drafted him and then eventually moved on from Aaron Rodgers. There were other reasons for that as well, but you can start to see how this offense can become a very good one going forward in large part because of the improvement of Jordan Love. We have one week, excuse me, two weeks left with buys and the teams that are on by in week 14 are the commanders and the Cardinals. If you have Kyler as your quarterback, you probably already had somebody you were riding with prior to Kyler. So you may already have your replacement there. Sam Howell, probably not many people's starters in a 10 team league. So week 13 might be somewhere where you can tap into Jordan loves Mm -hmm. value pulse. As you look at me for something here, I was just going to say, um, looking at his schedule, he's got five games with 20 plus fantasy points. It was against the Bears, who allowed the sixth most points. Uh, the Falcons, who allow the eighth most points. The Lions, who allow the seventh most points. The Chargers, who allow the third most points. So it could be a matchup dependent play. And that's, I got. agree. Yeah. I agree with that. He's a streamer. He's still, I would say, generally, we're going to rank him as a good QB2. When yeah. the matchup's right, we bump him up a few spots and you could stream him. Um, I, that's not the case this week. They're playing the Chiefs. Yep. Chiefs, uh, eighth fewest fantasy points yep. to. Uh, quarterback so far this season. So no, I would not go back to that well this week. Okay, so probably not going to crack our top 10, but just like I think the signs of improvement are also important to notice. And that also includes Jaden Reed, Mike, who might be one of the more intriguing waiver wire pickups of the week. What say you? Yeah, and that's kind of where I was going to go next is that's one thing I think when we were kind of critical of love because we were so fixated on like it was a fluky start to the season that like the skill guys around him are one of the youngest we've ever seen since we've been doing this job. It was all first and second year players. So it makes sense that they would get better and the chemistry would get better and he would get better over the year. And we're and we are seeing that to your point. And that applies to Jaden Reed as well. Five plus touches, 50 plus yards and exactly one touchdown in three straight games, at least 15 fantasy points in all of those games. However, one top 30 week prior to this streak that he just got going. uh, And what we're seeing from green Bay here is, we're not going to focus on one player. We're going <clears> to <throat> we're going to spread it around, and that has hurt Christian Watson. Yep. It's helped Jaden Reed to some extent, but they're getting Romeo Dobbs involved. It did help that Dontavian Wicks, who was playing a bigger role, was out, out this week. Yep. Luke Musgrave's on IR, yep. uh, and with Musgrave on IR, maybe that does work out well for Reed to to get touches. He's all get, also getting carries here uh, as well. Curtis so, Samuel like right now, right? Yeah, very like, very much so. I think yeah. that's the perfect comp form. So I think he's a flex option, tougher yeah. matchup this week against the Chiefs, but I would say flex passes the eye test in a serious way. I use that term probably too much on this show, but this guy can play second round pick. They drafted mm-hmm. him for a reason around number 50 overall. So he's definitely got some potential in this offense. And I mentioned how Jordan Love is improving Jaden Reed and just like this entire offense, like starting to gel as you would expect for the youngest team in the NFL. And oh, by the way, Matt LaFleur kind of finding his rhythm as a play caller with this team, too. Mm-hmm. He's so going to see a lot of Trent McDuffie this week. So. Not, uh, not, ideal. not ideal. Yeah. Uh, last one here, Mike, is the Dolphins win on Black Friday and Raheem Mostert ends up with over 21 fantasy points. But in some ways, might there be a little bit of fool's gold to what we saw on Friday afternoon? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think the main reason is he has 20 plus <coughs> carries in two straight games. Yeah. He hasn't done that all year. Uh, when Devon Achan comes back, which we expect him back this week, that's not going to happen. He's not going to get to 20 carries. He might have 10. He might have nine. Might have eight. Jeff Wilson played pretty well. Yeah. And this could be a three-man backfield with Achan leading the way. Also, in his last five games, 
Raheem Mostert has Give me 13 this. yards on four targets. There it is, baby. Yep. 13, not going to cut it. I mean, 13. he might not even be startable yep. in a week or two. We have the NFL. Uh, we have the uh, fantasy trade on Wednesday of this week. Mm-hmm. Is there a chance that Raheem Mostert is like the ultimate sell high candidate? Now, 100%. it would have to be for a great package because like you say sell high so often in fantasy and then someone's like, all right, fine, I'll give you Alexander Madison. You're like, no, 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 no. Like I want somebody who's like actually really good. Mm-hmm. But Raheem Mostert might be one of the most compelling potential sell high candidates because of the fact that there is a real chance that this week when they play the commanders, it's a three man committee for the final six weeks of the regular season. They just got to focus in on that number, which says he's fifth in fantasy points per game. Is he second? Is he still second overall in, in total points? Ooh, like he's up. Man. He's certainly top five. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you could take advantage of that number and someone buys into that, you have to try. Yeah. I mean, you have to at least put some effort out there because I'd be really nervous during the fantasy playoffs barring an H and setback that he's not going to be more than a flex of that. Yeah. We'll jam this in here to uh, wrap up this first segment, which is that the 49ers showed us why the 49ers on Thursday night, right? Brandon, Ayuk has two catches. Yeah. Now, one of them goes for a touchdown. So he still manages 13 fantasy points. Debo was awesome on third. He looked terrific. He was great. Had a monster night, seven catches, seven, nine yards, plus a touchdown yeah. as well. I mean, while George Kittle, who had been the hottest tight end, like not named, I don't know, uh, Trey McBride or something has a total dud. Sure right. did. Yeah. So after if you're three not straight, in Christian McCaffrey, you just can't. You can't trust these guys totally, implicitly, 100. percent You just can't. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, Ayuk is the ultimate 49er. Yes. To your point, he just really is six or fewer targets four of his last five games, but he's a touchdown in three straight after he had zero in his seven prior games. One top 20 finish in his last seven games, but a top 36 score in eight straight games. So he's actually had a weird high floor. Yeah. But how he's doing it is all over the map. It's just a. Uh, just bizarre production from this offense as usual. Yeah, and by the way, maybe Brock Purdy is a niner as well because he had like less than 11 fantasy yeah. points on that night. I mean, we've been ranking him now as like a mid to back end QB1 most yeah. weeks. As long as the matchup isn't terrible, I think he's startable. Yeah, yeah. This, I mean, this offense is really good. This team is really, really good, but just a, a, a like a very 49ers night in a nutshell there against the Seahawks, but the 49ers win. So Stefania's is happy. Mm-hmm. They're in first place and in control of that division. More thoughts in just a moment, including the Jaguars as we return here on Fantasy Focus. Before we get there, though, we have some thoughts from our friends first over at Geico, Mike. And uh, whether it's home, auto, prize sports memorabilia, whatever it is you need to protect, Geico can help get you covered. And with the award-winning Geico mobile app, you can get 24-7 claim support and on-the-go policy access. It's easy to Geico. Go to geico.com today. No matter what team you're rooting for, there's one thing we can all agree on. Football season brings us together. A connection like that deserves to be celebrated With a light beer that's just as great, and at just 96 calories a can, Miller Lite is the only light beer you want to celebrate with all season long. Because with a excuse me, because with a Miller Lite in your hand, football doesn't just taste great; it tastes like Miller time from kickoff till the final whistle. You can't go wrong with Miller Lite in your hand. It's the only light beer with a taste worthy of our natural obsession. Because what's the point of having a beer if it doesn't taste like well, you know, beer? It's got only 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12-ounce serving with a smooth taste and a crisp, clean finish. You get the taste you crave without the calories. So this season, crack open a light beer that hits your taste buds so hard, you feel it in your heart. Make it Miller time all season long. Get Miller Lite delivered right to your door. Visit MillerLite.com slash FFF, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories and 3.2 carbs for 12 ounces. All right, back here on Fantasy Focus, Field Yates and Mike Clay recapping week 12, and we start in Jacksonville. Got a huge win, perhaps 
enough to put them in the driver's seat in the AFC South over the Houston Texans, who try to make it interesting at the end. Mike, Trevor Lawrence, though, has found his groove. Back-to-back games with over 24 mm. fantasy points. You seem a bit unconvinced, Michael. A little, it feels a little fluky to me. You know why? why? He has three rushing touchdowns in those two games. Well, i got a stat for you in a second. Uh, you'll love this. He has 17 rushing yards during that span. Crazy, so he's, right? he's, he, you know, he stole a few uh, goal-line touchdowns. Uh, but it feels a little fluky. He has 12 passing touchdowns in 11 games. Yep. He was QB1 in fantasy points last week. He's sixth this week pending. Uh, this was actually before Sunday Night Football, and I wrote this up. Uh, his best weekly finish prior to week 11 was eighth, and yeah. that was in week one. And, and his two yeah. top 10 weeks before that were both against the Colts. So uh, it's a good sign, at least. It makes you feel a little better starting him, but the rushing touchdowns feel fluky. I need more passing touchdowns. I need more yeah. of those if he's going to sustain as a QB one. I love a quirky stat as much as the next guy. I feel Bring like that's it. the Kyle Soppy in me. Love you, Kyle. We miss you daily. But how about this one? Trevor Lawrence is the seventh quarterback in NFL history with 600 or more passing yards, three or more passing touchdowns, and three or more rushing touchdowns in a two-game span. Okay. Yeah, that sound. You know, you know me though. You know how my brain works when I hear that unsustainable. Right. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I, so the the one thing that I did say about Trevor Lawrence though last week, and I'm going to apply this logic to Patrick Mahomes after a big game, big game yesterday, is when you have a player with this much talent, with this much talent around him as well, is that like the confidence boost can happen in just one game, right? and you're hoping like, hey, does a big performance last week switch that uh, flip that switch for Trevor and allow him to be the version of himself that we have seen even sporadically throughout his career. Like we know he has big games in him. Mm -hmm. We've now got two in a row. Uh, The Jaguars play next Monday night on ESPN, of course, against the Cincinnati Bengals. I think Trevor will hover around like QB 10 to 12 this week. Yeah, maybe even a little bit higher than that. I'm with, look, I, I was being 16 picky. on a buy as well. Yeah. I, I was being a little picky. He's still a back end. I would say a back end QB one with six sure. teams on a buy. Yeah. Yep. Um, kind of like like. Just, just tell me, like we just talked about him, like confidence-wise. I'm not talking about like uh, how they get the job done. Do you have about as much confidence in Trevor Lawrence as you do Brock Purdy in a given week? Uh, I think they're very close. Okay. I think so uh, I think they'll much, flip around based on the matchup. They're, yeah. they're very close. Yeah. Right. I mean, Purdy's done a little bit with his legs. Lawrence, again, he has the touchdowns, but not the rushing yardage the yeah. past couple of weeks. And Purdy, same kind of thing. He had a couple of rushing touchdowns, occasionally is a decent run, yeah. but... They're very similar in that regard. It also helps that Trevor Lawrence now has Jerry Rice at wide receiver, a.k.a. Calvin Ridley with Zay Jones, Kevin Pulsifer. Tell me more about what your theory. I know you have a theory here, Pulse, about why uh, Calvin Ridley and Zay Jones are interconnected in some way, shape or form. So this is something I started noticing like week five, week six after okay. Zay missed a couple of games, came back week five and Ridley had that big game yep. um, in the four games that Ridley has played with Zay Jones, 24.4 fantasy points per game over 100 yards per game and four of his five touchdowns in just that small sample. Um, now, it could just be like, you could say it's fluky. You could say it's just a little bit here and there. But um, I, I found this quote from last month in the middle of Ridley's really bad stretch. Press Taylor, the Jaguars offensive coordinate, coordinator, said, uh, Ridley gets certain looks where teams are going to play a shell more, more willing to cloud to his side one way or the other, more willing to bracket coverage to his side. We want to do the right thing and just go where we're supposed to go with the football based on whatever they're allowing us. Okay. So, and by the way, Dan Graziano talked to Christian Kirk before their game this week. And Christian Kirk talked about how like things are just sort of how they are supposed to be with Calvin Ridley and Zay Jones and Christian Kirk all on the field. Here's the thing. 
I don't know if it's a thing or not, Mike, but I just love that there are two sides of this argument on the internet right now. And there are those people who refuse to accept that Zay Jones has anything to do with Calvin Ridley's success. And then there are those who are totally convinced that Calvin Ridley's success is tied to Zay Jones. Do you have a strong take on this one way or the I, other? I don't have a super strong take. I mean, it all makes sense. The one thing I would say, though, is if Zay Jones gets hurt again, yeah. what they need, what this is what Jacksonville needs to do. Okay, so his direct backup now yeah. is Tim Jones. So just ah, lose the letter. Lose yeah. the letter off there. So people just see Jones. Right. They're like, oh, I must be Zay Jones. Right. We have to cover him. We that, have to put some it. guys on him. Okay. And that'll leave Ridley open. Tim Jones. Isn't need. Tim Jones like 6'6"? Six, six? I don't know. A little There's taller than Zay, but still, yeah. whatever. They have the last name, last name. We'll figure it's, it out. Okay. Like, I tell you what, for like uh, two years there, at least last year, when uh, they allowed single-digit numbers... I thought Alexander Madison was Dalvin Cook every time oh, he was yeah, on the exactly. field. It was yeah. impossible to, to tell the two ways apart. To maybe th- slap a sticker of a yeah, Z on yeah, his, why not? his shirt. Yeah, uh, that works. Tim uh, Jones is a six one two hundred. Zay Jones is six two two hundred. I'm so confused. Confused. Very Jones. Close. I'm thinking of a different Tim Jones. Then that did not work out well for me. Matt uh, Jones? Are you thinking of Matt size? Jones? No, Matt remember Jones. Him? I'm not confusing <laughs> him for Tim Jones. I do remember Matt Jones though. Uh, Travis Etienne. Quiet day though, Mike. Do you think there's anything to be said about Calvin? I'm sorry, Trevor Lawrence's rushing touchdowns. Like, is that what is stealing Travis Etienne's value of late? Or more to it? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, he does have um, zero touchdowns in his last three games, but he did bounce back in the volume department. 24 yeah. touches in Huge. this game at 86 yards, and he did have some opportunities near the goal line. It's just that's the var- high-variance nature of football. Had he stumbled into the end zone, it wouldn't even be a conversation. So not worried about ETN. Uh, also, how about this? Matched a career high with six targets in this game. You like that? As yeah. well. So yeah. that's helpful. As long as he keeps getting his the bulk of the carries, and uh, most of the passing down work, you know, four, you know five, six, seven targets will be happy. Defenses are on the sense now of Trevor Lawrence running near the goal line. So ETN's going to score a touchdown on Monday night. You're right. You a goal line touchdown. All right. Yeah. All right. Save that take for next Tuesday's uh, show. Red wrapping zone. up Monday night football. Uh, last part of this game, Mike, is the Texans. Again, this is a very gritty effort from them. And CJ Stroud is awesome. Uh, CJ Stroud now is overtaking Patrick Mahomes since our board bet began. I think he has him by like eight points. He Unreal. was unbelievable. He now has... 300 plus passing yards in six games this season, two shy of the NFL record for a rookie and four straight in a row. But most importantly, Mike, was he had 47 rushing yards and a touchdown yesterday. That was the most important part of what we saw, I thought, for fantasy purposes. Yeah, that'll move his stock up for sure, helps his fantasy floor and his ceiling for sure. Uh, Career highs and carries and rushing yards in that game. So it wasn't just like one fluke run. It was six carries in that game. Uh, Also has a rushing touchdown in three of his last five games. So that's not out of nowhere as well. So uh, and... He's, to your point, 300 plus passing yards in four straight. So he's adding value with his legs and his arm now. The sky's the limit if he keeps running. It's... He's the real deal. Pocket I mean, I mean, we knew yeah, that a month or so yeah. ago, but man, now he's adding another element to his game. As we, what do you got, Pulse? So uh, those first two touchdowns that he had a couple of weeks ago when we said those were fluky, kind of like scrambling, just finding the end zone. Yeah. This touchdown yesterday was on a bootleg. Like they go. designed that run for him. And if that's so. what they're going to start including, then I mm-hmm. might be willing to change sides on that board bet. Well, we can't change sides on board bets. We no, have to I'm, keep them I'm, as I'm they willing, were. I might be willing to admit I was wrong okay, on the board there bet you go. before it ended. Um, yeah. But importantly, like, you know, as we just talked about the Packers, young team, you figure out more of what you can do from the start to the end of the season. Same thing with the Texans, right? Mm -hmm. While he is prodigious and absolutely incredible and not playing anything like a rookie, he is still a rookie in terms of experience and they are finding out things they can do with CJ Stroud by the week. And he's also got a stud rookie wide receiver. How good is Tank Dell? He's unbelievable. The crazy part about Tank Dell, by the way, is two things. This day could have been a whole lot better for Tank Dell. He had a five for 50 with a touchdown line. He had a 70 yard catch, Mike, that was exclusively air yards. 
Like he caught mm-hmm. the ball and was tackled in coverage. I mean, it was in a coverage. great, it was a great catch. Unbelievable catch. Unbelievable throw. It was called back because Tank Dell actually illegally motioned on the play. Yeah, he moved so, slightly forward. Right, yeah, that was the penalty. He was, there. Yeah, so people he were really mad about that. Yeah, they were, and it was his. I mean, his penalty, but his incredible catch. So. There are players who are big that play small. I hate that I keep saying this about this player, but I think Quinton Johnson is unfortunately one of those guys. Mm-hmm. Huge player that better for Biak than he is like go up there and get it. Yeah. Tank Dell is small and plays huge. I agree. He's 5'8". Yeah, I mean, th- that catch you're talking about, I mean, yes, he moved a little forward at the line. It was his penalty, but that doesn't take away from what was an incredible catch in coverage. I mean, yeah. he, he looked really good. Uh, touchdown in four straight games, seven plus targets and six plus touches in all four of those games. He now has at least 17 fantasy points in six of his eight full games. He's been money in the bank so far this season. They do draw Denver this week. I don't don't think he'll be uh, be shadowed. I don't think think Sertan will shadow in this one. I think he'll just play sides. They'll move him around a lot, but not specifically on one player. He'll see him a little bit. Um, Yeah, Denver has been really good against the past. Actually, fifth fewest fantasy points to receivers this season. So this is a tougher matchup, but I mean, he's been so good. You're playing him. Okay, so a little bit matchup dependent, but if Noah Brown is out... Are these two players, Nico Collins and, and Tank Dell, just line up blocks just because of the fact that he's trying to Oh, so yeah, they good. are. Like just, you just play them. Yeah, I mean, I think Nico might have more targets than he did, the Tank he over the last two weeks. Okay, yeah. Nine to eight yesterday for Nico versus Tank yeah. Dell. Uh, but, but just a great story. I, I will say this every single time we talk about the Texans because we are now getting to the point where the draft is right around the corner, relatively speaking, right? And if you're a Patriots fan, you're a Cardinals fan, you're a, sorry, sorry, Panthers fan, not a Panthers fan, you're a Bears fan. But the Bears, I think, have some promise already. But if you're one of those teams, I'm like, we all lived through that Patriots Giants game yesterday. Like, as bad as it is, you're one draft away from turning your franchise oh, around. Yeah. You are one CJ Stroud away. They don't grow on trees. I get it. CJ is special, special. But just think about how bad the Texans were for the past like half decade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's why right you don't accept mediocrity yep. at quarterback. And that's why I've been like, yeah, the uh, Giants need to take a quarterback if they can't. I mean, it, I don't care. Yeah. If you're not if you're not sure you have a franchise quarterback, you need to be looking at quarterback. Are you There's, calling Tommy DeVito not a franchise quarterback? Uh, don't answer yeah, that. Uh, two <laughs> thoughts here. Two tight end thoughts quickly. Dalton Schultz needs to not play the Jaguars in the game. Uh, actually, I have some commentary there. He's you can't start him this week. We have a big problem here. He ran around in 16 of their first 23 Houston uh, pass plays. Zero of the final 14. It was all Brevin Jordan. Je- Brevin Jordan came off IR and stole his workload uh, throughout chunks of that game, especially in the fourth quarter. Okay, I have a funny story that I can't tell on the air after this, but I'll tell you that in, in a, a little bit on Dalton Schultz. Okay, so we'll, let's let's vet that out more. Do you disagree, though? I mean, uh, are, well, is no, that I, a, I did not a, realize that's that. A big, I, I mean, he had a terrible day, and there's a reason for it. He wasn't on the field. That's I mean, great. I did not realize that. Yeah, so I'm good. And, and by all accounts, it's not injury related. So I'm I'm really worried about. Okay, that. I want to do this right now. I just want. To, I, I'm I'm just I'm I'm sending a prayer right now. Did you know that Evan Ingram is now pacing to shatter? Deontay Johnson's record of most catches in a season without a touchdown. Oh, no way. Is he over a hundred? Wow. I didn't realize he was on that pace. Deontay no was way. at 85 last year. We got to go in a second here, Pulse. But Deontay Johnson could become the man who is now in second place behind Dalton. No way. More thoughts in just a moment. We talked Bijan. All right. Back here on fantasy focus field. Yates, Mike Clay, with our guy, Kevin Pulsifer in tow as well. Recapping week 12 of the NFL regular season. Bijan Robinson was awesome yesterday mike was this the unleashing and i feel a little bit guilty asking mm-hmm. that question because i think pretty much what happens is every time Bijan goes off we go is this the unleashing of Bijan robinson what did you make of yesterday's unbelievable performance 27.3 fantasy points i think we we got uh, arthur smith to, to change his ways he did. i think we successfully Star-tar. pulled it yeah. off he might yeah. not care about fantasy but it was enough that he was like yeah 
uh, we need to get this guy at the ball more. And yeah. it has happened over mm-hmm. the last two weeks since all that started. His yeah. touches, uh, his touch line, 23 for 106 and a touchdown, 19 for 123 and two touchdowns. His first top 12 fantasy week since week four. And now, please, the Jets, fifth most fantasy points to running backs. Very good yeah, against the pass. Throwing them, yeah. Not as much against the run. So, yeah, Bajan is uh, very much back in the fringe top 10 conversation. And there he was performing well below that mark for a while. We care more about like true goal to go situations like three yard line and in, but they had two snaps inside the 10 yard line yesterday to the Falcons. Both of them went to Bijan, which is better than Tyler Algier, right? Better than him having zero of those two. Yeah. By the way, uh, I will say this Cordero Patterson played a lot in this game, uh, especially as a runner and Algier didn't disappear. So they are using three guys still. We're not going to rank Bijan as a top five running back or anything like that, but certainly feel a lot better than we did three weeks ago. I have such a soft spot on my heart for Patterson that it doesn't rankle me as much when he gets touches. Cause like he That's had fair. Yeah. one of the like truck stick runs of the year yesterday, like just totally dominated mm-hmm. like a uh, saints defender. That was, I think it might've been Marcus may apologies if it was not uh, real, seriously, if you were the jets though, next week, you know, they're so great against uh, defend uh, against quarterbacks and receivers. Would you actually just stack the box? Like be like, go ahead, try to beat us. Like, We'll put yeah, 11 I mean, players in the box. Matchup wise, it's not great for the Jets. They're built to stop the pass, and right. Falcons don't have much of a passing. Like, if yeah. you're the Jets, would you flip your like? Hey, we're going to play Sauce Gardner at nose tackle next week and just see what happens. <laughs> well, let's right? not do that. Okay. It seems like uh, yeah, but certainly less uh, less nickel for sure. We'll see yeah. less Michael Carter. Uh, yeah, got to try heavier packages. All right, let's talk about uh, the Bengals offense. Is uh, we saw the first version of them for a full game without Joe Burrow. It yeah. was Jake Browning under center. I did not know this until Chad Minutillo, who's one of the best producers at all of ESPN, he runs Sunday NFL Countdown, passed this note along to me. Jake Browning had one of the single greatest high school seasons in the history of high school football. He played. He grew up in California. How many passing touchdowns do you think Jake Browning had during his senior year? In his senior year, so that's going to be games. like 10, 12 games? Yeah. Uh, uh, 60. 91. What? <laughs> that's <laughs> not real. What? It's real. Yeah. 91 touchdowns. Oh, yes. my God. Uh, he did not have 91 yesterday, Mike. He had a total of one touchdown yesterday. But what would you make of what you saw from Jamar Chase? Would you say that you feel about how you felt coming into the week as I do? Yeah, because uh, that touchdown, I mean, it must have gone to Jamar Chase, right? Well, it definitely go to uh, Drew, Drew Sample. Oh, former <laughs> second round pick. You know what? Though? The third string tight end these days for them. However, yeah. college teammate of Jake Browning's in Washington. Oh, ah. could be something there. Yeah. Right? yeah. Connection. Although they like Tanner Hudson now. He's a no, he, but double he, digit target share, three straight games for some reason. But he only plays like 30 snaps a game. That's right. But yeah. they, they throw him the ball all the time. Yeah, yeah it's uh, it's bizarre. But anyway, uh, yeah, I'm worried about Jamar Chase. I think I'm going to rank him lower for sure. Maybe around 10th or 12th yeah. range this week. Uh, 30th or worse in fantasy points at wide receiver three of the last four weeks. And here's the concerning part. Yeah. Six to eight targets in all four of those games, including only six targets this past game. Now, they did only run 41 snaps, which was... That's like second percentile of the league this season. It's a super low number. I think 38 is the fewest we've seen in a game, and that was one of the worst we've seen in the past decade. So that won't always be the case, but this is a trend now for a month, and it's not Joe Burrow anymore. So I'm definitely a little bit more worried about Chase. You're going to start him, but I'm not going to rank him nearly as high. Yeah, so I had been, like, my mind was, like, closer to, like, wide receiver 20 coming into the week. And that's kind of where I feel like 20, oh, 20. Yeah. Wow. I mean, Even you just lower, gave yeah. the the damning numbers right yeah. there. I'll add a few more to them. You mentioned they ran 41 plays. They had one drive over five plays yesterday. Yeah. That's one. not good. Chase had four catches yesterday. Two of them were on deflections. That crazy. Like just look at the offense like and ask yourself, if it's going to get a whole lot better. Yes. The Steelers are definitely a very good defense, but like are the Jaguars a pushover? 
No, they're not a great defense, but they're not a pushover defense as well. They play next Monday night. Two things that I think are possible. I think it's possible the Bengals claim Will Greer off of waivers today. Mm, okay. Is it possible that Jake Browning is replaced at some point? Uh, absolutely. Okay. If they have another guy that, I mean, anyone could be replaced. We AJ thought McCarron? Uh, maybe. McCarron? I don't know. That's yeah. too frisky for you. Okay. Yeah, no, I mean, I, look, if, if Browning's struggling, they're going to try something else. I mean, I think the Jets are kind of the extreme yeah. example of that where they were like, look, there's no way Tim Boyle's better than Zach Wilson. But Zach Wilson was playing so poorly. They were like, we don't have a choice. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to mix it up for the sake of mixing it up. Like, I, I truthfully, not that not that he was much better in relief yesterday. But if I were the like, if you're the Patriots at some point, how can you tell the locker room like we're going back to Mac Jones every single game? No, right. Like, even yeah. if Bailey Zappi can't hit the broadside of a barn in practice, Change the vibe up like the Jets did. Right. Maybe the Bengals will at some Browns point. Browns as well. Same control. kind of thing. Yeah, Two quarterbacks yep. playing atrociously, but it they have Flacco to. Flacco time this weekend. Yeah, I, I, think, I think they're going to have to do that. You have to get somebody to just manage Road the game. Yes, I mean, totally. this. Yep. yeah, uh, you, so you have to do defense. something like that. Um, um, last thing, though, on the Bengals. Yeah. Uh, you were probably pleased by the fact that they were still pretty pass heavy. That's what they have always yeah, been. Yeah, yeah. But they can't run the ball. Eight rushes for 16 yards for Joe Mixon last night. Yeah, not great. Uh, they did not flip to a super run-heavy attack by any means. But again, it was such a small sample of plays that we don't want to get too carried away, but they still threw the ball a lot. Uh, by the way, I wanted to throw this this in on Chase. Maybe maybe you're right, more like more like Garrett Wilson now. You know, yeah, like that's fair. He's not going to score probably, and they're going to struggle to move the ball, but he's just going to see a big target share, and that's yeah. enough to keep him in that weekly wide receiver one conversation. Um, <laughs> let's talk about a, play, a couple of players that used to be in the weekly wide receiver one conversation. They are no longer there, but the Rams uh, back on track. Uh, they are now five and six, Mike, very much in the NFC playoff picture. Yeah. And uh, Kyron Williams uh, was well-rested yesterday, and he went off. Congratulations. If you have Kyron Williams in your league, you, my friends, have won yesterday because he was unbelievable, Mike. The highest scoring running back in all of fantasy for the week. 16 carries for 143 yards. Six catches on six targets for 61 yards and two touchdowns. Unbelievable effort from Kyron Williams. You and I, I think we're on the same page uh, about Kyron coming off of injured reserve. It mm -hmm. was that you know he's going to handle the most rushing attempts for the Rams. But one thing was very clear prior to when he got hurt. His targets were starting to go down. Apparently, Sean McVay was like, you know what? Early season Kyron is what we want because he was outstanding mm -hmm. as a runner and receiver yesterday. Yeah, six targets caught him all for 61 yards. And actually, both touchdowns were receiving touchdowns yep. in that game. So, yeah, he, I remember it was a small sample at the beginning of the year. Ton of targets, and then they disappeared. And now they seem to be back. Also, Royce Freeman's the other running back. So he's not, he has like one target this season. Yeah. So if they're going to throw the ball to a running back, it's going to be Kyron Williams. Uh, four games with double with two touchdowns this season so far. He's been really good. Um, also, believe it or not, only one running back is averaging more fantasy points per game this season. Christian, of course, McCaffrey? Christian McCaffrey. Crazy. Aaron is second in that category. He has been, he's been really good. I mean, man, he was so good in college. I loved him. And then he got to the combine and was so slow. And that like his, his speed score yeah. was so poor yep. that like no one ever works out. Like no one ever pans out with that speed score. Yeah. And it seems like He's someone's going to pan out with that speed score. He's, he looks like the real deal. Awesome. Going to be a lock every single week. Let's spend the rest of the time we have in this segment talking about Cooper Cup and Pukunukua. Let's start here, Mike. I'll start, I'm going to start with Cooper Cup because Cooper Cup is a player that we have all revered for multiple seasons now. He was the best player in fantasy two years ago. He was incredible last year prior to getting hurt. Uh, four catch. I'm sorry. Three catches, 18 yards, five targets yesterday. He has one game with a touchdown this season. He has mm -hmm. under seven fantasy points in five straight games. Yes, of course, multiple games without uh, one game without Matthew. Stafford yeah, one game he left her. Yeah, yeah, right. 
Um, the eye test is not good right now for Cooper Cup. Looks nope. slow. Mm-hmm. Looks not nearly as springy and athletic. And by the way, I know he was on the injury report, but he was a full go. He was off the game status report by Friday. Like, I don't think this is simply the health report. Can he bounce back? Or right now, are there any signs that suggest he can? No, I'm very much concerned here. Uh, 148 yards in that big week six game where we thought, all right, he's back. We're good to go. Since that point, 127 yards and 30 targets in five games. So absurd. the good news is the targets are pretty much still there. Not quite to the extent we want them, but enough to be a fantasy starter. But the bad news is the production hasn't followed. And also this week specifically, playing the Browns. Browns, yes, they sure Fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. A big problem for Cup. Uh, I, again, I'll still rank him in the twenties startable right. right for six teams on a bye. Yep. But very much worried and also worried about Puka Nakua. Puka Nakua, no doubt. He scored one since week five. Mm-hmm. And while his targets are still pretty good, he got seven plus targets in every game this season. Like the production has just dropped off dramatically. Four catches for 27 yards. The beginning of the year, he was unbelievable. I get it. I'm not taking anything away from Puka Nakua, but remember also he'd also have like 15 catches for like, what was it, like 135 yeah. yards, right? So like he yeah. needs elite volume to be a lock it in wide receiver one. Yeah, I will say this in his defense, whereas Cooper Cup hasn't had a good game in a long time. Yeah. Nakua did have five for 70 and a touchdown in week 11. Sure. So yeah, yeah, that was yeah. recently. No, also, Nakua has at least six targets in every game this season with or without Cup, six plus targets in every game. So this is a tough matchup. I feel like his, maybe his floor is a little higher than Cup right now, just based on what we've seen oh, uh, totally as of late. Yeah. Um, but you can, yeah, you can certainly make the case he's the better fantasy option. At this yeah, there's point. A, like, you know, when, whenever you have a slumping star, uh, the hope is always the same for me. Is that like you just tell yourself that this is this weird, funny, unpredictable game and it just takes one outing for things to get back on track. It's just tough. Like, you know, you watch the Rams closely. It just doesn't feel like they're nearly as concentrated on mm-hmm. Cooper Cup and like, you know, the numbers are what they are right now. The like, you just look at it, it doesn't look the same to me. It's, it's, it's tough. You know, a player that was so good, the Super Bowl MVP two years ago, things happen fast. This is why Mike always retires guys age wise by like, that's what I was old. just thinking about. Is that catching up with them? They came out fresh, but now it's starting to catch up with them a little bit. We're seeing yeah. that, you know, with uh, maybe Adam Thielen as well, yeah. like DeAndre Hopkins, yeah. like maybe could be that. not many points for Cooper cup, but plenty for the Eagles and the bills in just a moment. All right, back here on Fantasy Focus, Field Yates and Mike Clay wrapping up Week Twelve and Game of the Year. Maybe, yeah, may, maybe. I mean, you're awesome. an Eagles fan, so I'm very biased, but that was suspenseful. I mean, just yeah. an unbelievable game. Uh, one of those games went to overtime, 37-34. The Eagles, the grittiest team in football right now, by you know the best record in the NFL right now by two full games. Yep. By the way, as well, they improved to ten and one. And how about this, Mike? For the first time ever, ever. The opposing quarterbacks within the same game each had at least two passing touchdowns and each had at least two rushing no touchdowns. That never happened before? Never. Wow. Josh Allen had over 400 yards of total offense. He led the Bills in both rushing and, of course, passing. He had 420 yards of total offense and four touchdowns. And Highest lost. scoring player in all of fantasy this week. Meanwhile, Jalen Hurts had 265. He was a slouch. to Only 265 total yards. Five touchdowns accounted for for Jalen Hurts. Three mm-hmm. through the air, two on the ground, Mike unbelievable game and you know like just like that's the kind of game where you you just marvel at it you just yeah whatever right like these guys are awesome like you win your week because of these two quarterbacks yeah no doubt about it and the thing is the eagles did like nothing in the first half again just like last week i don't know what they're doing hilarious tweets i saw he was two for nine was jalen hurts to begin yeah this is two weeks in a row they were terrible in the first half and then remember there's the chiefs two weeks ago down i believe they were down 10 both weeks they came back and won both games and this was just they were unstoppable they couldn't move the ball at all and i don't know what it is about their offense right now but it's just like 
we're just going to force runs and bubble screens forever, and we'll just do it until the fans are furious, and then just throw it deep down, and it works every time. No, I, I, I'm telling you, the turning point yesterday was when they tried to screen to Julio Jones, and Twitter lost it. Apoplectic. But uh, same thing happened against the Chiefs. They did three right. bubble screens in a row oh, against the that. Chiefs. Yeah. Yeah. And then everything got better. It's like they need to yeah. hit rock bottom before they can kind of wake up, and it happened but they are in a, just the nick of the time, because they are so, so gritty, and Devontae Smith, Mike, has been in fuego of mm-hmm. late. Another game, over 100 receiving yards, seven catches for a touchdown. This kind of happened. I mean, it happened around week after week one last year, but like for a player this talented in an offense this good, but the quarterback this good, like just a reminder, like it can happen at any time. And mm-hmm. like if he, for the rest of the season outscores AJ Brown, not a crazy idea at all. No, not, not at all on it, but it's not a crazy idea. No, at all. no, it's not. And you look at his last four games, seven for 99 and a touchdown three for 51 and a touchdown six for 99 and seven for a bucko six and a touchdown. Pretty good. This is, he's back. You know, he, he was very up and down to start the season. Definitely underwhelming. The target's still down yep. a little from last year. Uh, but you know, he, I would say he's, back now at 49ers this week you could throw on them a little bit so yeah must, must start for sure you have something there pulse yeah you can call me just mr player availability on this i guess because yeah. without without dallas goddard seven games in the last two seasons eight targets in every single game for Devonte smith 16.9 fantasy points mm-hmm. per game wow. more fantasy points more targets and more catches than aj brown and Get like back. you said we saw it from week two on last year more targets and more catches so he's a a 1A, 1B, I think, when Goddard's not there. I looked at this yesterday. The Eagles uh, changed their offensive scheme without Dallas Goddard. They had a lot of 24% of their offensive snaps were run without a tight end on the field, which the NFL average in that department is 2%. I mean, that's unheard of. The Eagles don't do that at all. Yeah. Uh, But yesterday they were like, actually, Sal Powell, remember he said the Eagles should make Julio Jones their tight Tight end? end? Yeah. They essentially did that. They used him, Quez Watkins, Ohamide Zacchaeus caught a touchdown. Right. Uh, They just were like, you know what? We don't have a tight end we like. We're just going with four wide. I was imagining Julio getting a three-point stance like next to Jordan (laughs) Mailata. I I was like, I don't know about tight end, but yeah. Who's blocking, blocking, uh, I don't know, whatever, Shaq Lawson or something. Uh, Anyways, Mm on the Bill side, Mike, uh, Allen, unbelievable, just incredible. 39.66 fantasy points, just monster, monster mm-hmm. day. Uh, James Cook, though, 16 fantasy points, toughest matchup as there is for a running back. And I'll say this, it could have been better. The I would say more than anything else, the part that seems to have changed a little bit over the past weeks is they're more creative with James Cook in the passing game. What, what's funny about this is he's had two of his best games of the season over the last two weeks of his career. Yeah. He got benched in both of them know, for crazy. a long span because yeah. of yes. mistakes. He had a drop yesterday and last week it was the fumble. Uh, but yeah, 20 and 22 touches the last the two way, weeks. A ball right through the wickets, like a yeah. long throw down the sideline. I think it was Nicholas Morrow in coverage. Yeah, and, but in, uh, in the Bills defense, though, they're like, yeah, he's made some mistakes. We're going to sit him down for a little bit, but he's too good to keep off the yeah. field and he continues to deliver. Uh, only outsnap Murray by one snap in this game. Ty Johnson also played 10 snaps as is getting involved, but uh, Cook, they're going on a buy right now. When he comes back, obviously a lineup. Load. God, that's a tough buy to have in week thirteen. The Bills just so much fantasy potency on that team, seriously, including Gabe Davis, and um, he had a big, big day mm-hmm. yesterday. Mike six catches, one hundred and five yards, touchdown, and twelve targets. I want to give a, a shout out to our friend uh, Nick Menzio. If you don't follow him on Twitter, you should go find of him. Course, yeah. He has his own spot now that he's blogging on about fantasy mm-hmm. folk, uh, fantasy content, and worth your uh, time and money uh, if you were inclined to buy some good content. And he was like, uh, he put a long shot bet on Gabe Davis to lead the NFL in receiving yards for week twelve. Now. 
he didn't quite make it, Gabe Davis, but it was like the right process here, right? Yeah. It's the Evil best match you can yeah. get. And, you know, teams are probably going to always allocate more uh, opportunity to Stefan Diggs. And mm-hmm. uh, Gabe Davis, like, had been sort of, but you know, with Gabe Davis, like, he's almost kind of due every once in a while, big day. But this is why he is not actually, but he is ceremonially a 49er. Yeah, that was, that. yeah, he is. That was too bad, too, because they went to overtime. I think they ran 92 offensive yeah. plays, did the Bills? Yeah. Which Crazy. is an unheard of, ridiculous number. Uh, but I will say this about, Gabe Davis, six for 105 and a touchdown and 12 targets in that game. Yep. His prior three weeks combined nine targets, two catches, 56 yards, and no touchdowns. I, we've had this conversation before. I don't know if he fits 49er designation. I don't, I don't feel you know good what? starting him because the duds are bad and they come often. If there was a, a Madden cover for best ball, Gabe Davis would be our cover boy. Yeah. Four games with 21 plus fantasy DFS points. DFS tournament play. Third yeah. most amongst all of our receivers. Only Tyreek Hill and Keenan Allen have more. Rough. Come back with more thoughts, including Jacoby Myers in just a moment. All right, back here on Fantasy Focus, Field Yates and Mike Clay recapping Week 12. And uh, Mike, Liz Loza gets shout-outs here because she gets her flowers, not Zay. We'll talk about him in just a moment here. But uh, on a day in which the Raiders actually came out of the gates hot, Jacoby Myers was the best receiver on the field for mm-hmm. either team. Seven catches, seven targets, six catches, 79 yards, and a touchdown. He had kind of been irrelevant over the past month or so for the Raiders, but capitalizing on a good matchup with Legereus Sneed paying lots Correct. of attention to Devontae Adams. Yep. I uh, wrote the same thing. We're on the same page. Me and Liz yep. wrote that up in the shadow report as well. Yep. Uh, that's the spot we've been picking on uh, this season yep. opposite, you know, Sneed's shadowed in 10 straight games when he's on the one, the other side opens up and that's was Myers uh, in this game. So uh, no doubt about it. Um, I'm I'm going to credit this to the matchup because he hasn't been good with right. AOC yeah. prior this season. Uh, 4.6 targets per game. Uh, seven this week was his highest with yeah. O'Connell under center. Uh, so, yeah, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to. I don't feel great starting him right now. I'd yeah. say maybe off. The, again, they go to a bye when they come back. Flex option in 12 team leagues. I, you know, one game's just not going to do it with the matchup situation. Yeah, I expect, this yeah, one. And I don't know if they play in week 14, but I, I don't think that uh, it'll be Legereus Sneed shadowing Devontae Adams because they do not play the Chiefs again until week mm-hmm. 18. They're at the end of the game. You see what happened at the end of the game? They tried to, uh, they tried to run like one of those crazy, like pitch, pitch, woo woo plays. Uh-huh. And at one point, they threw the ball to Jacoby Myers and he gets the ball and he just like, he cranks up as if he's going to throw it across the field. And I was like, don't do it, Jacoby. <laughs> I don't care like what the op- opportunity is. Like I-, I was just thinking about that play last year where he was with the Patriots yeah, and right. did it on that field, threw the ball backwards. Unbelievable. But honestly, if there were no quarterbacks in the whole league, they all just retired today and you had to do a draft of skill players to be to play quarterback, he'd be, what, first pick? He'd be um, up there. Taysom. Johnny Hecker. Taysom, good call. Good yeah. call. Johnny Hecker also throws just darts. Yeah. Okay. I think he's but like seven still, for seven. Jacoby throw, Jacoby's they, way he up He always there. gets some plays carved up. He does. Uh, he does. Uh, McDaniels yeah. with him in, in New England, he always had uh, yeah. one or two pass attempts per year. He's I actually saw uh, Derrick Henry, great short yardage thrower. Um, Debo Samuel, I think, did this, and I was really encouraged by it. I hate when receivers who take the ball like on a reverse and then are going to throw it when they're like, you know, the pressure from the defensive back or de- linebacker comes up and like, rather than throwing the ball away, it's running out of bounds, like yeah. for like a three yard loss, when mm-hmm. it's like, all you got to do is just like, like throw it five yards. Cause you're it's no, it's, there's no intentional grounding ramifications there. And Debo actually did it. I was proud of him. That's big. Good football instincts yeah. right there. I was trying to think of an analog for uh, Michael Pittman jr. Mike, he's just, he's as steady as there is in fantasy this season. He had 13 targets, another 10 plus games, another 10 plus catches, excuse me, 107 yards. So 20.7 fantasy points for Michael Pittman jr. He hardly scores touchdowns, Mike, and yet he's still an unbelievable fantasy weapon. Yeah. Zero, uh, zero weekly finishes better than ninth. So yeah. he hasn't had that high ceiling. You're not, he's not going to come out and get you 32 points, but What's his floor. 
His floor is outstanding. He's been yeah. top 25 eight times. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, and when you That's- get this much volume, and especially the high percentage throws in the short area, which is what they build up for him, a big target share with a lot of short and intermediate targets, it's going to work out for you. And he plays Tennessee this week, yeah, about the six most matchup. fantasy points to uh, receivers this season. So he should be able to keep it going. Uh, Minshew and him just have a good connection. A couple thoughts here is, uh, is there a more underappreciated player in fantasy right now than Michael Pittman Jr.? Uh, not really. I don't think so. I underappreciated him all offseason. Of course, I thought Anthony Richardson would be the quarterback, but yeah. uh, nonetheless, they've They've done an exceptional job just scheming for him. They have. Just to say, this is a guy we have to get the ball to. We can't uh, succumb to some of these other offenses where it's a low-volume offense and our our top guys don't get the ball. Like, they built this offense around him in a big way, and it's worked out great. I don't and probably will never vote for NFL Coach of the Year, but it would be the hardest award in some ways to pick because I think there's like eight quality candidates in a lot of seasons, one of which is Shane Sykin. But how about some further numbers on Michael Pittman this season? He has seven games with at least 11 targets. That's Mm -hmm. tied for the most in the NFL. He has eight games with at least eight catches tied for the most in the NFL. He has 10 games with 10 or more fantasy points. Only Tyree kill has more in the entire NFL amongst wide receivers. So if you're looking for a high floor, Michael Pittman jr. Is that, and he's had some, uh, our buddy, Danny Carter has wrote about how he's had, has written about how he's had bad luck in the end zone so far this year. Mm -hmm. And like, maybe that'll eventually even out. It didn't happen yesterday, but Pittman, Kind of guys kind of do. He's due for something. Yeah, it's a positive like, regression. Maybe like a, uh, we'll he's say like, an at like throughout Keenan Allen's career, yes, like exactly. right in the middle, like yes. the middle, like is not as when he's down, not when he's up like he is this year, but like just your normal standard Keenan Allen from the last five, seven yep. years. That's where Michael Pittman is right now. Tota, did you have a thought there? You I was about to call him Keenan Allen. Yeah. He's, only oh, got, yeah. he's only got six <laughs> catches more than 15 yards downfield, uh, which is 55th in the NFL, less than Demario Douglas, less than Noah Brown. Doesn't bother me a bit. Less than Josh Palmer it's in half the season. It's working. But that's exactly what you're all. getting out of him. Go yeah. with it. Uh, by the way, Josh Downs was back to being a full-time player yesterday. Oh yeah, uh, he, he was. He had. Uh, we talked about a great matchup and he was right there with Pittman in target. So he's, yep. he's good to go. You're starting. But with I just uh, want to make sure people knew that like uh, coming off of the, you know, the knee injury, like was, yep. was it going to linger it did not he was a full-time player yesterday he had five catches 43 yards for josh sure downs Sunday night football ravens chargers uh ravens win this one they improved to eight and three tie a uh, nine and three excuse me because they have their bye week this week so for now they are the number one seed in the afc just ahead of the chiefs and the dolphins and the jaguars so four teams with just three losses in the conference uh 2010 is a final uh, a late game zay flowers touchdown puts it away mike we'll talk about that in just a moment but Mark Jackson. Mm-hmm. Frustrating? Disappointing? Yeah, he this would. Uh, season, right? Yeah, he's the guy. I feel like he's the guy that's like the frustrating fantasy quarterback this year. It's he just like homes. he's like flashing here or there, but it's just not really happening. I mean, he's ninth in points per game at quarterback. Yeah. He's been outside the top 12 four of the last five weeks. So too good to bench. But you're not really getting out of him what you want. Actually, I guess Mahomes probably leads that list. But Lamar's right there. One or fewer touchdown in four of his past five games. Total. Not rushing Mm -hmm. or passing. Mm -hmm. One or fewer total touchdowns in four of his past five games, Mike. And remember, this offseason, we spent the entire year talking about how like this Ravens offense is going to thrive and be different and take off with Greg Roman gone. And now we have... Uh, of course, Todd Munkin under, I, I guess I was going to say under center. He's under center. Um, calling the plays. I, I don't know where they rank in terms of points per game this year as opposed to last year. They're nine and three, so the vibes are high. I'm not trying to call out Todd the Munkin. Defense, but rushing it. Yeah. This is not a reformed offense from what I watch every single mm. week at all. No. At all, right? No. I mean, I, I don't know much else to add. I mean, they are winning games. They're doing it with defense. They don't need 
you know, they're not generally in positions where they're trailing and need a lot of offense. So maybe that's part of it. Maybe it'll be like, maybe we'll see that in the playoffs or something. But uh, the one thing I'll say, though, is I thought the defense would take a step back against actual good quarterbacks, which they did not play in the first, what, eight, ten games of the season. And that hasn't been the case. And if they keep shutting down opposing offenses, they're just not going to be in comeback mode or close late game, you know, late close games. And Lamar's not going to have to put up big passing numbers. So um, actually it was who had more passing yards in this game. Was it Herbert or that was one of our red zone it was, questions. Uh, it was Herbert. Two was Herbert. Okay, to got that one. Right. So you got that one, right. Uh, um, Herbert had a quiet day. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, the star of fantasy though, for this, so for Lamar, it's, it's that bind though, right? It's the good enough to, or too good to bench, but not good enough to win you your league. Yeah, not right now. To? Not right now. He has not been that. And is there any reason to believe that this is going to change after the bye? No. I mean, their schedule, again, is much tougher in the second half of the season, yeah. which it hasn't affected the defense, but right. uh, it has affected uh, Lamar. Yeah. You know, he's it just has, not producing uh, lately. Yeah. But again, I agree. You know, you're still starting him. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about Zay Flowers, though, Mike, because it was an awesome game. It was a breakout game in terms of fantasy points in terms of utilization, was it? He had two touchdowns last night, one prior to that going Mm -hmm. into the game for the entire season. He finished with eight targets, and then that one carry at the end of the game in which he scored, awesome play. He Mm -hmm. had two great celebrations last night, by the way. Two great Mm -hmm. ones. First, he had the proposal, then he had the penalty kick in soccer. He and OBJ collaborated on that one. Is this the, the breakout moment here for Zay Flowers, or... Still some concerns. No, I, I don't think it's... Look, it's his first top 25 and his first game over six targets since week six. Yeah. That's a long time ago. This was week 12. Uh, so, no, I'm not going that far. I still think they're going to continue to utilize multiple guys. And also, they did get uh, Isaiah Likely involved in this game. I Four believe he had, yeah. yeah, six targets in this game. So, they're going to use Flowers. They're going to use... Uh, they're going to use Likely. They're going to use OBJ, who his target. He was still fourth in line. And snaps yep. a wide receiver, but still at a, a decent target share. Rashad Bateman's not going away. Uh, and Nelson Aguilar gets some run as well. So not to mention that, again, it's not like Lamar's lighting up with passing touchdowns. So, no, I think Flowers is a guy they're going to buy. I think when they come out of it, we'll rank as a wide receiver three. Yeah. He is upside yeah. because he's a really talented player, yeah. right? And like he just he doesn't need a ton of opportunities to score. He has an, at, he has an he at upside had, this yeah, year. Right. I mean, he has not, not had fantasy it, yeah. upside. I think he's just... His floor is okay because he's gonna, you know, he's gonna get five, six targets and a yeah. carry, and the offense is good overall. Yep. But again, it just if if they stop handing it to Gus Edwards at the goal line, will be fine. We just need more passing touchdowns. He hasn't had more than seventy-five yards in a game since week one. Zay yeah, Flowers. exactly. He yeah. hasn't matched his production, his usage and production since week one. So yeah. good to see. And by the way, I thought Isaiah Likely last night was in between what we've seen over the past two years, which is fine with right? me. I mean, totally he'll fine. be yeah. a yeah, he'll be a fringe. I think I, here I'll say they're on a buy. They come off to buy. I'll rank him fourteenth. Okay, a tight yeah. end, something like that. I was going to think uh, ten to twelve, somewhere in that. Yeah, range. somewhere in that so, range. Yep, makes fine. sense yeah. uh, for Isaiah likely. Let's talk Chargers in this game, Mike. Uh, they. Oh, were, by the way, one more. Uh, Keaton Mitchell career high snap share. Led the, led the team in snaps last he night. He sure did. Just keep an eye on him. Keep him, yeah. keep him roster deep league flex. Right. Makes it, some big plays. It's just going to be hard if he's, if he's still at like thirty six percent of yeah. snaps. He was Gus 47 Edwards. in this one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But our, yeah. And then Gus Edwards gets the goal line carries. It's yes. like, so what's the path to him? Like seizing that job. Might be injury, remember, yeah. It won't be, it's week 14 when the next play. So you're talking about like, he's going to have to earn the job in week 14. Then it's week 15. You're in the playoffs. Like, are you, so we'll see. It's going to take some things to happen before he becomes like a stone cold starter. But Interesting name for 2024 at the very least. At the very least. Yeah, right? I, I agree. And he should be on benches. We had this conversation because I had a decision yesterday. I had to activate Kyron Williams from IR. Yeah. And I was debating, should I keep Keaton Mitchell? Should I drop, drop someone like Chuba Hubbard, yeah. who's a starter technically? Yeah. And like, it really was an easy call. It's like, if 
if Gus Edwards gets hurt or something, or Keaton Mitchell does play 60 to 70% of the snaps in this offense, yeah. like league winning potential. Shuba Hubbard does not have league winning potential in this Except Carolina offense. What do you, what do you have one touch? I mean, he wasn't that good. I he know, split he 20 plus. He got out carried by Miles Sanders. I, I know think, yeah. it's like 20 plus fantasy points. Right. But yeah. that's, I, I, I know it's fine. I mean, I, Kyron, it was Chuba or Khalil Herbert or Kyron Williams. No, I, I went it. Kyron Williams. Like I I'm happy it. with that. Totally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I hear, no, I hear I you, it. but yeah, in yeah. a bad offense splitting with Miles Sanders, like I'm I, no regrets. It's just funny that we torture ourselves. I know. I hear you. So for the chargers, they met their match with that Ravens defense, right? The Ravens defense is just outstanding. They are just ridiculous. They have, I think the fourth lowest Draw, uh, yards allowed per drop back in like the past 25 years, like just ridiculous right now, under four and a half yards per drop back allowed. Uh, and of course, only one quarterback has reached 20 fantasy points at the game against the Ravens this season. So Herbert having a relatively quiet night, not a total shocker there. He had nearly 50 rushing yards though, and he had nearly 50 passing attempts. So you'd probably live with that. Yeah. When we're talking about Mahomes and Lamar disappointing, I mean, Herbert is not disappointed. He's it's been, been awesome. terrific yep. prior to this game, which again, terrible matchup. If you don't watch the chargers and you just caught this game on primetime, you're probably like, oh man, he, he's kind of stinking. No, it was the matchup. I yeah. mean, he was a top three scorer, a quarterback. The prior three weeks, he's been top 10 eight times in 11 games. So he has been solid and he's had upside. He's everything you want in a fantasy quarterback, frankly. Let's wrap up here with Austin Eckler, Mike. And we can have, and by the way, Keenan Allen went nuts again. 14 catches for 106 yards. So yeah, the, slow start too. And then yeah, yards per catch, not great. But when you get 14 of them, don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, Austin Eckler, Mike. So interesting offseason for Austin. He requests the trade. He ends up not getting mm-hmm. traded. Instead, gets this amended contract. It has up to, I think, $2 million in incentives. But he basically had to be the player he was last year, plus a little more. He has been far from that. Uh, we were having this conversation about Cooper Cup. Like, when you watch him, you just see something different. Does that apply in your eyes to Austin Eckler? I think he'll be okay. It's again this, to me. Uh, this, uh, this was another tough matchup against Baltimore. I know he did have a dud last week uh, against the Packers as well. However, mm. 21 plus fantasy points in three straight prior to yeah. these last two down games. Yeah. Uh, seven, 67% of the carries he's handling this season. That is a career high. The problem here is, and it's a minor problem because it's not a big change, but five and a half targets is his lowest per game since 2018. Uh, it's it's down about a, a target per game. Yeah. So I'm that not to me, mid, you know, they play New England this week, mid range matchup. Not not super worried. I mean, I think I, I'm still going to rank him probably top five this week. Yeah. So I think it's a little bit less about like where you're going to rank him and a little bit more uh, about sort of what we talked about with Lamar Jackson is the idea is that like when you have these players in your lineup, you immediately identify them and say like, that's my edge every week. Yeah. Right. And Eckler over the past two weeks and in other parts of the season as well has not been as much of an edge as he was for the past two seasons, right? Yeah, not quite as, yeah, I mean, compared to leading the NFL in touchdowns by like, what, nine touchdowns or sure, something over the I last mean, two like, years? We took but... him second overall in a lot of leagues, right? Like he was second, no, third, I, maybe I fourth. You. Like I, I just, it has been a little bit of a tougher go than I think any of us could have anticipated for Austin. Yeah, we're, I mean, yeah, I'm with you. We're not used to duds like this two weeks in a row. Yeah. I mean, but at least he did have those three straight with 20 plus points. Also totally. the big week yeah. one. So yeah. uh, for the most part, he's been good, but he has, again, here's the thing. If he comes out this week and it's a big game, we're going to be like, we're going to forget about it. It's fine. No, we, like will. He's back. we will. We will. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, if, it, I mean, if he has another down game like this, though, then I think it's a longer conversation. And of course, uh, part of the conversation is that like so few running backs have been great this year. Right. I mean, yeah. like Christian McCaffrey's been next level. Right. But like even like the the luster has come off the uh, Travis Etienne over the past month. Right. Like he's been a little less efficient, which was bound to happen when he scored seven touchdowns in four games. Right. I mean, that's um, why I, I never feel good about running backs at all. Yeah. Like I'm just worried. You're always worried the wheels are going to fall off. It's just the nature of the position. Even like Kyron was so scary 
beginning in the year when he was doing so well, you're like, just please hold up. And he didn't, but then he comes back and he's great again. So uh, it's been tough. But by the way, that's the difference between like Eckler and Lamar Jackson, your comp, because like we only need 10 or 12 quarterbacks. We need, you know, we need two, two running backs, 24 running backs plus a flex, you know, you're starting what 30 running backs in the league. So Eckler still feels like a pretty secure starter lineup. He's definitely starting. Yes. Yeah. I just, yeah. I mean, I just feel like it's been, I think there are people, there are people out there right now that are probably like, Really wish I'd just taken CMC. Yeah, right. I mean, or a tight end, or, or yeah. you know, whatever, no. or Kelsey, or top flight wide receiver. Yeah. Both we got. Yeah. Uh, one thing just to wrap up that Eckler conversation: the Chargers playoff schedule for the fantasy playoffs. Uh, Raiders, Broncos, and Bills—they're all bottom ten in fantasy points allowed to running backs. So, so maybe better days are ahead here for. Yeah. Off, I mean, not off. that you were going to bench him in the fantasy playoffs, anyways. But right. so you at least have weeks a that I was up. concerned about. Maybe are coming, and I'm just. I'm so. I mean, he's, again, he's had. I'm the nervous. He's played right what? Now. He's played. What he's played five six games this year. Yep. And he's like four boom games. Yeah, like he's um, a couple duds. You know, he's, eight he's, games, uh, four eight over games. twenty fantasy points, and the other four were all ten or lower. Okay, there so did it. he? One of them was one of them an injured. I, I don't know. Anyway, all right, fair enough. Fair. He enough. was so misinformed no, in the past half. two years that it's just like it's jarring when it's not. Yeah, I guess when he came back, yeah, yeah. was wasn't great. And yeah. then yeah, fair enough. Okay. All right, that'll do it for uh, some most of our Week 12 thoughts here as we spin forward to things in just a moment here on Fantasy Focus. More thoughts here on Monday Night Football. All right, Field Gates, Mike Clay, preview Monday Night Football in a jiffy here, Mike. Uh, we do not expect Justin Jefferson to be activated from IR by 4 p.m. Eastern time. We do not. Uh, just a few hours from right now. So any thoughts? When I say Monday Night Football, what are you keeping your eyes on most for this game tonight? Well, I, I'm in uh, a couple leagues where, including against my dad, where he is Ty Chandler. So I need like him not to have like 50 points. So that's what I'm keeping an eye on. Not 50, 50 points from Ty points. Chandler. Can we, can we do that? You're up by 50. He has Ty Chandler that's left. That's right. Okay. My safe, do you think? I don't know. PPR? Uh, Half PPR? Yeah, it's it's PPR. Full PPR. Um, makes me a little nervous. Might be tough. You might lie. catch 20 balls. Yeah. Uh, he might. It's mean, no, uh, no I, yeah. I'm, I'm keeping an eye on uh, that backfield yep. dynamic. I feel like Ty Chandler has flashed a little bit, um, but they still seem committed to Alexander Madison. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I'd love to see. I, I would love to see Jefferson activated surprisingly in play, but no, yeah, not, not going to happen. Um, I'm keeping my eyes on Justin Fields for two reasons. Yeah. I mean, obviously for fantasy purposes, right? Like at his best, he is a top five fantasy quarterback upside, right? At his worst, it's 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 so uneven. What a fascinating story this is, though, for the last six weeks of the season, yeah, seven weeks of the huge. season for the Bears, just because they have a very clear inside track to that number one overall pick. If Justin Fields balls out, the Bears either are taking Marvin Harrison Jr. and bringing him to Chicago, or they're going to turn the Carolina pick from last year into about 50 draft picks. Yeah. Because someone's going to pay the full price for Caleb Williams, Drake May, Marvin Harrison Jr., et cetera, right? Fascinating, fascinating path ahead for the Chicago Bears and Justin Fields. Specific to tonight, though, that, that Minnesota defense, pretty stingy of late, right? Yeah, they have been a lot better keeping them in games, and yeah. that's why they've been winning games and, and hanging in the uh, playoff race. Uh, but yeah, by the way, I should have, of course, led with that. Josh Jobs, is he the real deal? Is it, you know, is this a product of... Kevin O'Connell and his yeah. scheme that is, has made Kirk Cousins get to the next level and keeping this offense as one of the best and most fantasy-friendly offenses in the NFL. Yeah. Can Dobbs keep that going? Um, and then I'm with you on the other side, obviously. The big story there is is Justin Fields. And, and I want to see how the backfield shakes out, too. I want to see something from Rashawn Johnson. You okay. know, I had yeah. I drafted him late in a lot of leagues. Haven't seen it. They seemed 
You know, kind of turned to Deontay Foreman when Herbert was out. Herbert He's was already him. taking yep. control yep. Uh, before his injury. I'd like to see more from Roshan, but I think it's going to be Khalil Herbert as the lead back. Herbert one. with uh, Roshan as the number two. Deontay, of course, doubtful yeah. to play in this game. Can't wait for this game right here on ESPN. Should be a fun one in Chicago. For Mike, great stuff. Pulse on Field Yates. We'll see you guys tomorrow on Fantasy Focus. We'll recap Monday Night Football and talk waiver wires. There are plenty of names that you need to know as you make your playoff push. We didn't really talk about Patty Mahomes in this one. You feeling better now? I You're worried better. about him. Yeah. A little better after I mean, that one? After Slow start again? Um, well, I tweeted yesterday that they had eight straight drives that amounted to 150 total yards, and then they scored their next four drives. Unreal. So they, yeah, they're now 14 nothing, yeah. and they had, I think Mahomes had fewer yards than the Raiders had points at yeah. one point. That's interesting. So you're, hop- you're optimistic now going forward? Confirmed. Patty Mahomes that. is good. Yeah. yeah. Matching up all the cornerbacks